0: love yours an experimental podcast hi i'm charlotte Tahira, and welcome back to love yours my experimental therapy reading it's a combination of everything me assessing my life using the words of Charlemagne the god from black privilege opportunity comes to those who create it to help love myself more So this podcast is a bit of a, well if you've listened to the last two episodes you'll understand and if you haven't, go back and listen to them, why not? It's an experiment because I've never done anything like this before and I'm actually hoping to learn and grow with you through doing this. So I just finished chapter two which is PYP, pick your passion, poison or procrastination. Very interesting chapter, I mean he calls them principles not chapters And it was much longer than the first principle which was it's not the size of the pond which I learned quite a lot about myself through reading that. So what have I learned through this chapter? Well, page 35, connected to my soul. In this specific chapter, Charlemagne is basically talking about all the terrible things he's done in his life. And it's made me start thinking about All the times in my life when things could have really just went left. When I got caught shoplifting at 16, I was so upset. I had a criminal record. Stealing makeup from boots, I mean how stupid was that? When I got pregnant in sixth form my first year and then had to drop out. I didn't have the baby. Those of you who know me know my daughter's only two years old and I'm definitely not 18. (laughs) but that pregnancy was a big turning point in my life and in fact losing the baby really actually made me have to assess where my life was headed and what I wanted from life. Fast forward five years later and I got pregnant again for the same guy and history literally repeated itself. He abandoned me, abandoned the baby and the stress of it all Made me have another miscarriage. I've had four miscarriages. But that's not what this podcast is about. But I definitely learned through those pregnancies about choosing a partner. And about how important it is. Like who you lay down with. How much that can impact your life. Sorry, we've got quite deep quite, quite soon in, haven't we, this episode. But these were the key moments that my life could have went left. And then... In fact, I've, I've I've skipped my timeline a little bit because another real life changing moment was 18, when my mum kicked me out the house. She just, well, not just about a year prior, she'd won the legal battle with my dad in divorce court, and had gained a beautiful. She still owns it, four bedroom Victorian house on the grounds that. Me and my three other siblings, I have a lot more than three siblings, but three who share the same mother, we're going to live there with her. A year prior, my twinish, my brother, who got kicked out at 18. We got the same birthday, but he's a year older than me, hence the name twinish. And it was now my turn at 18. And I was gutted. I still remember the night so clearly. I'd been staying at my friend's house who lived literally around the corner in my local area, in Broccoli. And I finally went home because it was my sister's birthday and a little tradition was making her breakfast with balloons on her birthday. And it's like my mum was just waiting for me to come back to get rid of me for good. We argued and long story short, she called the police on me and told me if I don't leave... She's going to have me removed from the property. So my good friend, Danny P, told me, Charlotte, just go back to where you've been staying at. And that's what I did, not realising that that was the last time I was going to live at, at that house. Now, when I think back to being 18 and that string of homelessness that I encountered, I mean, it could have been worse. I was never on the streets. I've never had to sleep on the streets overnight. I've definitely rode the bus for as long as possible. And then I finally gave in and spent my last bit of money on a cheap hotel for the night. But I've never had to sleep on the street. So there's degrees to homelessness. People don't understand. There's real levels to it. And I would say I was homeless until I went to university at 20 and then had a dorm room. So for two years, I was between. Private renting, hostels, friends' houses. It was a horrible time in my life. I actually don't know how I managed to continue with my education. I think if it wasn't for the support of my teachers at the time, I would have dropped out. And if it wasn't for my passion for the arts and creativity, I would have definitely gone down a different path. I was around it. I mean, Lewisham, you've had the reputation. I love it. But I could have easily ended up in gang violence, drugs, prostitution. It wasn't far away from me. I had friends who, at the time, I didn't realise that's what they were doing, but they were prostitutes. We used to call it boopsing. Let's boops him. Let's boops him for a lift. Let's boops him for a meal. Let's boops him for a new outfit you just got to kiss him. you just got to let him fill you up. Luckily, the one thing my mum did instil in me before she kicked me out of the house was some value for my body. So I never really took to that. But all the people around me were doing it. All the people around me were sniffing coke. All the people around me were robbing people, breaking and entering, stabbing people. I had some wild friends when I think about it. I wonder what they're up to now. But luckily, my teachers my teachers at Lewisham College. I will never stop praising Carla and Lisa from Lewisham College because at the ripe age of 18, they were the first people in my life who made me believe that I was destined for more than what was in front of me. And they encouraged me to pursue my passions. They see my ability to communicate and They encouraged it. They seen I had a way with words and they pushed me to want to go to university. University. University was never going to be for me. People couldn't believe I finished my GCSEs. How was I going to go to university? But obviously I did. (laughs) 12 years later, I've got two degrees. One PGCE and one in drama, film and television. It's funny, a, a friend of mine who met me a lot a lot later in life he said something on my last podcast a comment and I thought wow you know me quite well don't you he said I'm the type of person who can find the joy in anything and I like to believe that's true in fact I think the only time I lost that joy for life was while I was homeless I came so close to ending it all. I remember being in my hostel room. Someone had stole my milk. All I'd eaten was a tin of beans at the time. The boys' hostel next door, two of the boys kept boasting that they could see in my window at night time and they knew I had a tattoo on the back of my neck, which, unless you've seen me naked, it's hard to see because my hair usually covers it. And i just bumped into my ex-boyfriend who at the time was the love of my life in Lewisham Shopping Centre and he looked through me like I was no one invisible and I got home, sat on my bed while eating my lukewarm beans out of the can and I thought I can't do this I can't do this anymore well You can tell I'm not a professional self-harmer because I tried to take 12 paracetamol all at once and choke them up. And in choking them up, that's when I really realised what I was doing. And I started crying and I just went to bed and carried on the next day like nothing had happened. Other than that memory, I've always been passionate for life and I've always wanted an adventure something new, to explore, to learn. I just didn't realise that creativity in the arts was going to be where I ended up in order to keep having that passion for life. So I really want to thank my teachers because without you, I don't know where I would be today. I genuinely don't know. So another thing that Charlemagne addresses in the book is not feeling accepted at home. This unfortunately feels way too familiar to me. To my dad, I was the wild slut. (laughs) At the time I was still a virgin, how ironic. To my mum, I was the annoying, useless child. And to my siblings, I was the dumb, dead end, not going to do much with life. They couldn't see the light in me that other people seen when I was out. When I was out, I was, I don't want to say queen bee, but I was such a social butterfly. I was involved in everything and everyone and always had an opinion and always wanted to be seen and heard. And it was that passion for life that people were drawn to, that people wanted to connect to. But at home, I was just annoying, and dumb and irrelevant. I remember thinking, you don't think I'm going to do anything. I'm going to prove you wrong. Me and Charlemagne have that same mentality that if people tell us we can't, we want to prove that we can And luckily, with the support of my teachers at the time, I used all that negativity and doubt that my family had for me to motivate myself, to educate myself. Because I'm competitive and I wanted to prove them wrong. I wanted to prove that I'm not an idiot, that I am gonna do something with my life. So we have got that in common, me and Charlemagne. But this chapter gets deep. I've never shot a gun at someone. That's insane. I've done a lot of bad things. But intentionally harming and intimidating someone for no reason, that's not me. I'm usually the one who ends up hurt trying to help someone else. In school, I was always fighting the bullies to protect, like, the bullied. In fact, the majority of my fights I had in school weren't even my fights. They were someone else's that I wanted to help protect. So I feel like this is where me and Charlemagne's stories kind of drift apart. And the things that happened to me as a teenager... May have been provoked by choices I made, but ultimately they were not my choices. The struggles I went through were brought on by my family and close people to me. I didn't go out looking for trouble. I just feel like I was a mental and physical punching bag for people in my life. I never wanted to have a difficult teen life. I just wanted to feel loved. And that desire for love led me to tolerate things that looking back I should have never tolerated. It's wild. I mean, Charlemagne talks about how he was in and out of jail. In and out of jail? Like it's cash. But he also says that his dad never gave up on him, unlike my parents. Now, I wouldn't say my dad gave up on me, but he definitely wasn't present enough. My dad's an adventurer like me. So he spent a year living in Africa, a couple years living in Indonesia, After the divorce, I mean, it was all downhill from there. He was barely present in my life. So I wouldn't say he gave up on me, but he he wasn't a consistent figure, especially when I needed him the most. My mother, who asked me to leave the family home at 18, after arguing with her and not getting on with her new boyfriend, which was her priority at the time. I mean, she just divorced my dad and she just wanted to feel loved and be in a happy relationship. And if I was going to impact that because I didn't like her boyfriend, then I had to go. Because her happiness with her boyfriend was more important. That feeling of abandonment definitely helped me to feel more lost. I've never and I still don't understand the terrible thing I'd done to justify her kicking me out of the house. My brother, that's another story and it's not my story to tell. But when I hear about some of the things that kids do to their parents and their parents still are there for them. Stealing money, beating on them. I mean I've heard wild stuff. And all I wanted was my dad back in the house and not this new man bossing me around. When I was trying to talk to my mum, I would tell him to butt out and she would let him try and discipline me. I'm sorry. I'm 15. I'm 16. I'm 17. I have a dad. I don't need a new one. Till this day, she can't justify why I I left the house. She blames it on my attitude, but I was a kid who needed their mum because their dad wasn't there anymore. And she didn't need us. She just needed a man. I could never imagine choosing someone over River. It's one thing her dad, because we're a family unit, but I couldn't imagine me and her dad breaking up and then someone else is more important in my life than River. Never. One thing has definitely helped me know how not to act as a mum, but it also causes me a lot of anxiety and pressure to be a good mum because I would never want River to feel about me how I feel about my mum. So I feel like this chapter really made me reflect on my relationship with my parents. Because I don't think that I was picking my poison or procrastination. I think it's my passion that saved my life. Without that passion, I could be dead in jail or God knows where. Oh God, this episode's gone so quick. I felt like I was going to be talking forever but I think I've said enough so I'm going to wrap up with a quote from the book it's on page 72 and I feel like it really summarizes this episode it's by Wayne Dyer and he said be miserable or motivate yourself whatever has to be done is always your choice and I'm just thankful that I had my teachers with me help me make the right choice I don't think they'll ever understand what they did for me at that time in my life and how they saved me Carla and Lisa Lisa Stubbs I can never pronounce Carla's surname so I'm not even gonna try but I dedicate this episode to you thank you for saving a lost 18 year old girl from what could have been a life of hell You let me follow my passion and make the right choices when I needed to the most. And that's it for this episode. I'm going to carry on reading the next chapter. Principle three, fuck your dreams. (laughs) God, I can't wait to get into this. Thank you for listening and feel free to comment, share, get in touch. If anything I've said on this really connects to you, I'd love to hear your experiences. And I'll see you on the next episode. Love yours. An experimental podcast.